Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit rlcholland.com. Now, Easter Sunday is a great day that we celebrate every year, but in my opinion, and I think a lot of people can, can back this up, we should be celebrating this every day of our lives because we have a risen king that did this for all mankind. Now, today's the day we celebrate, we remember, we, we reflect that, but in our hearts, we should always live it out. Pastor Dan said earlier, you know, it's when we encounter and experience Christ is when we, when we taste his sweetness. Now, experiencing Christ doesn't mean that, that all problems are gone. <laughs> that doesn't what it means. I mean, the circumstances are still going to be there. But it's so good to have a risen king who is alive and says, hey, take heart. I've overcome this world. So when we come together on Easter Sunday, when we come together and when we leave these doors and when we start the cookouts and when we start, when we start the egg hunts or whatever we do as a family tradition, here's what I'm going to encourage you guys to remember. You have that because of a king. You have that because of what Jesus did. Last week, we talked about Palm Sunday, seven days before Easter, okay? Now, Palm Sunday, according to Matthew chapter 21, Palm Sunday is when uh, Jesus, we celebrate when the triumphal entry of Jesus when he first walked in to Jerusalem. He rode on a donkey, okay? And he came in, and, and the people, when he was entering Jerusalem, the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, praising the highest. They were waving these palm branches. They were laying these palm branches. And those palm branches I was talking about is, a symbi- is symbolic, which is, is symbolizing the victory that Christ has, the victory. But what the people did not know was for the next seven days, Jesus was going to walk this road, Okay, how many of you guys ever uh, uh, played a sporting event and like, yeah, I'm so ready, man. You're going down, you know, it's all, like it's, I got this. I'm this tall. And, you know, and I play I play once in a while catch with my, my youngest brother-in-law. His name is Sammy. He's uh, played uh, high school football. He's like six, four, still growing. And it's just like, man, dude, <laughs> I look at him, <laughs> look at him like this. And I'm like, I'm taking you out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in the story there. Here's the thing, though. You know, and just being so confident in what I had to do, but I didn't realize the, 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 the battle I was going to have to face with him. This kid was fast. This kid is tall. I mean, he's just jumping all over me. And I'm like, okay, I was wrong about that, you know. And here's the thing. What I'm trying to say is this, guys. When, when, when people were waving and, and, and laying the, the palm branches and Jesus was coming in, they were looking at the victory. Like I was looking at, I'm going to take you out. But there was something I had to go through that I wasn't aware of. Those people didn't realize that Victor was there already, but Jesus knew that he was going to have to walk this road. He was going to have to walk this road that was not going to be good, but yet it was going to be good. And so we celebrated Prom Sunday last week, just remembering what Jesus did and the road that he took because of an act of obedience that Jesus did. And because of his obedience of going to the cross, we, today we celebrate a risen king. Today, we celebrate that. Then a couple of nights ago, Good Friday, on Friday evening, we had a service for about an hour. Man, it was so awesome just to gather together and reflect. And I think that's how I would describe that night was as reflect. We reflected the cross. We reflected why Jesus was there and hanging and why he broke his body and and, and what he was doing. And we were talking about how that was a trade-off. 
okay? It was, a, it was an unfair trade. You see, it was a trade-off between uh, mankind and Christ. You see, he took on brokenness. He took on sin. He took on uh, iniquities. He took on all this garbage that, that this world just loads us on, and he gave us freedom. When we were slaved, he gave us freedom. He gave us this peace. And we talked about, we, we reflected on the cross. And we said, if we can reflect on the cross on Good Friday, what we can do is reflect what's at the cross in us so people can see Jesus within us. And it was about reflecting on Good Friday. And we actually went to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, and it says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, everyone say first importance, what I also received. You see that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now, in other words, first importance, he's talking about the death. In other words, before the resurrection, okay, what we're celebrating today, before the burial, Good Friday, there was the death on the cross. Now, I know parents probably, you know, have a, a will because one day we're going to leave this world. And we have a home, some cash, some stuff that we want to just, our children to inherit or whoever else in our life to inherit, correct? But, for instance, if, if I have my home and my kids, I, my wife and I leave this world and, and, and now this home is there, uh, they inherit that because of the will. But for that will to be activated, I have to be dead. <laughs> Marty has to be dead. My son can't walk up to me and say, hey, dad, give me the keys of the house. <laughs> it's mine now. I inherited it. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. For that will to be activated, okay, for that to happen, for him to inherit, there needed to be a death. So that's why Jesus went to the cross. For us to inherit the kingdom of life, for us to gain eternal life, for us to stand on promises of Jesus through his word and what he gives us, there needed to be a death because a will needed to be activated. You guys catching that? There needed to be a death so a will could be, the will of God in your life can be activated. And we have to understand that we need to reflect during that time. But here's the thing, that is half the story. So many times we stop there or people stop there or religion stops there. I'm just being real. He is no longer on the cross. Because if he was on the cross, there will be no Easter. <laughs> He is no longer on the cross, but we can look at the cross and remember what he did. We can look at the cross and realize, man, I have been crucified with Christ. All the old me and who I used to be and what I come out of my past. And let me tell you something. I, don't, I, I, I wasn't a, a good kid all the time. Right, Mom? <laughs> my mom's right here up front. <laughs> I got a lot of spankings. <laughs> Let's just say that. But it doesn't identify me anymore because of the cross. You see, I filter everything through the cross now. I'm looked at through the cross because of Jesus and what he did. The death of Jesus is literally the decisive turning point for all mankind. At that moment when he gave his life, when he said it is finished, things turned for the good. Because there was this wedge between God and mankind. You see, we were created a fellowship with God. In the beginning, okay, when you look to the book of Genesis, when you see when God created this earth and the heavens and everything in it, when he created man, 
It says, and I encourage you guys, read the first chapter of Genesis, first two chapters of Genesis. You'll see that God intended and created for us to walk with him, to be with him, to have fellowship, relationship with him. But sin came and wedged. It wedged uh, uh, mankind and God and separated us. You know, the other day I was, uh, okay, let's, let me be truthful. About four months ago, I was working in my basement, okay? <laughs> the other day, yeah, sounds good, right? But, uh, the other day, four months ago, I was working in my basement and I, I, I was putting the ledge up, okay? It's, it's, a, it's a brand new downstairs. I'm creating these rooms for my, my children. And so there's this ledge area and I have treated wood all the way across and I have this nail gun that uh, a friend let me borrow. So I'm like, pop. Pop, man, this thing is so sweet, right? Well, I had this little piece in this little corner that I just, I ran out of wood, treated wood. Okay, now treated wood is what's in, like the, the chemicals that is injected. It just, I don't know why it's treated, but it just works, right? And so I ran out, okay, I'm not, I'm not a carpenter. Okay, I ran out, I ran out of, of wood. So I looked at the scraps and I'm like going through this whole thing where I found a piece that fit that corner, but it was not treated wood. Okay, it was just a piece of dry wood. But it fit. It looked good. I'm going to cover it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, then I put the nail gun in and boom, whew, split right in half. And I'm like, great. So then I get the hammer and the nail and I'm like, slowly, don't crack. Don't crack. Ha, it cracked. It was just too dry. But it was fast and it was quick. That, that nail wedged that wood and it split it. You see, when, when mankind, when Adam was walking in the garden, when was, was fellowshipping with God on Sin came, like a nail gun. <laughs> and he didn't apply through Adam and Eve. He, they, they, they didn't listen to the words of God anymore for that moment. And so when sin came, pop, there was a wedge between mankind and God because of sin. Because of sin. And so when we go and we remember, we reflect the cross, what Jesus did. God, God loved us so much that he sent his son. What Jesus literally did was he built this bridge, a cross, from mankind to God. Now, there's only one way to get to God, and it's through his son. I've heard it many times, and I think this is pretty cool. God, Jesus built a bridge with two pieces of wood and three pieces, or, yeah, two pieces of wood and three nails. Think about it. But the only way that, that we could be restored was through his son, Jesus Christ. But again, that ultimate sacrifice, his life had to be given. So the question we had asked a couple of days ago was, what is so good about Good Friday? Well, here's the answer. Good Friday marks the day when wrath and when mercy met at the cross. Because we were supposed to drink that wrath. We were the ones that were in disobedience. Mankind was in disobedience. Christ, when he came to this world, was pure. And so the trade-off, when we were supposed to be the ones drinking God's wrath, the trade-off was he took the cup and he drank every drop. And then we got the mercy. So when mercy and when wrath met at the cross, what happens? It's like a chemical reaction in my head. What happens is that the love of God spilled all over this world. What was contained, what was contained, the, the scripture says that the veil was torn, the presence of God, the love of God spilled all over this world, and it was offered to everybody, everyone, even that person you may be thinking about like, yeah, there's no hope there. It's offered to them too. It is offered to them too. 
to all mankind. And so what was good about Good Friday may not have been good for him, but he was, his eyes were fixed on a resurrection. What was good about Good Friday is that wrath and mercy they met at the cross and the love of God spilled everywhere. So because of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, because of what he endured on the cross, we celebrate today, and we need to get excited about this, guys. We celebrate today a risen king. I'm serious. Look, man, I'm gonna talk to you for a second. Detroit Lions has got some brand new jerseys. <laughs> man, I was jumping. But when I, when I remember when Christ has risen, that makes me jump even higher. So what temporal things can make us excited about, some eternal should make us just that much more excited. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Father, for this opportunity to speak your word. Lord, I yield myself. I yield my words. I yield my mind and my heart to you, Father. May not my opinions rise up. May your truth and your word be spoken to your people, Father. Lord, whatever they may be have faced in or whatever we are all facing, Father God, maybe what we just came out of this morning, the struggles to get here, Lord, we thank you that you've seen all that and that your mercy is just extended to us. So, Father, I pray right now as we get into your word and your message, it is not my words, it is what you want to speak, Father. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says... Amen. Awesome. So, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. I believe we should even see what the Bible says about his resurrection. So, I'm going to read the first uh, seven verses, a passage according to Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 7. And it says this, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. Let me stop there for a second. Very early in the morning, I think, is, is a key thing in my personal life because I believe that's where my day starts and it should be for everybody else. And I have a choice to make. I'm going to be grumpy. <laughs> Or I can, get, I can rejoice and just say, I have a day. I have a, I have a day that God has made for me, and I'm here to walk it out. So on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Remember, crucifixion has already happened. Jesus already died. It's three days later. He's buried in the tomb, okay? They went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered... Okay, they did not. I want everyone to say, did not. not. They did not find the body of Jesus Christ. They did not find the body of Jesus Christ. Think about that. Something, someone dead, can't move, not there. Are they dead? No. The body is not there. While they were wondering about, wondering about this, they suddenly, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do we look for the living among the dead? In other words, during the times that we struggle and during the times we may walk through some type of trial in life, we tend to look somewhere else except and, and not really look to our Heavenly Father. We look for answers through social media. We look through answers through, uh, you know, maybe other opinions and what people say. And I, I talked to you guys about this a couple of weeks ago, how my performance plus others' opinions equals our, uh, our self-value, which is not true. But we still default to that. We still default to that, where we, what people think about us, we just value ourselves that way. So what we're doing when we do that equation is that we're looking for a living among the dead. 
We're looking for something that, that's just empty in my heart and I just don't know. Or what, that, what is that missing piece? And we fill it with something else that's dead. And the only thing that thing is shaped as is, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We were created that way. Now, why do you look for the living among the dead? It, he is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while you were still when he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinner, be crucified, and then on the third day, raised again. Now you look at this passage. They had literally said, didn't he tell you this already? Didn't you remember what he said when he was with you? Yet we still, they still mourned about it. They still forgot about it. The circumstances pressured them to forget about what was happening. But God and his faithfulness, and his goodness, still reminded us, still extended his love, still extended his hand. And that just shows the identity of Jesus Christ and who he is, the Son of God, 100% man, 100% God. It shows the identity how when he rose from the grave that, that he didn't barely just get by. He didn't come out of there and says, whoa, man, that was, that was trippy, man. No. Is <laughs> that not good to say? Okay. <laughs> he didn't... He didn't do that? He came up and he triumphed. He came in victory. He says, I, this doesn't belong to you. Death, where is your sting? I see no sting. He came with victory. With tri- it was a blowout. It was a blowout. It was no contest. I think it was rigged. It really was. It, that's, just, that's just our nature of who our God is. So then I want to talk to you guys about how there is none like Jesus. Say, none like Jesus. There is none like Jesus. First uh, Chronicles seventeen twenty says this: There is uh, there is no one like you, O Lord, or, and there is no God but you, as we have heard from our own ears. The difference. Okay, here's the thing: the debate is: Is there a God or not? You know, the universe. Uh. That just fires me up, man. Because of the, just, I'm hangry. <laughs> here's the thing. God is not the issue. Jesus is the issue. Jesus is the issue. God is not. Because the difference between these other gods as well, whatever we worship or people worship or whatever, I don't, but what people worship, the difference between Jesus and these other gods, let me emphasize, little g, God, okay? The difference between Jesus and these other gods is the resurrection. That's what identifies them as different. Because the resurrection is, is bringing Jesus alive again. No other God has ever done that. Jesus has done that. So the problem with people that don't believe in whatever, you know, God has established, the problem is Jesus. They believe in a, in a higher power or a universe or, or a creator, God. But, the pro, but they will not, not, well, they will not acknowledge Jesus. Hope that came out right. They will not acknowledge Jesus. Jesus is, is the, the argument, the debate. But there is none like Jesus. See, most of the time, the problem is that. But according to John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says in his scriptures, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. In other words, he has bridged the gap between mankind and God. And the only way you're going to get to him, to the Father, is through him. The only way you get to know the Father is through him. Through the earthly walk of Jesus, you would see him walking, and, and he would be challenged by the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees is, is what they're known as. 
In other words, they're the religious leader. They know the scripture. They, they, they memorize the Bible. They live by the law, and, and, they, and they claim they know God. But they're the ones that were pointing the finger at Jesus saying, you're wrong. Which you, you can't be claiming this stuff. And I love Jesus' response. He says, man, if you knew the Father, you would have known me. But because you don't know me, you don't know the Father. What am I trying to say? Jesus is the only way we get to the Father. Jesus, there is no other way. No matter what people, Jesus is the only way. He's not one of the ways. He's the only way. You hear the, the saying a lot, or at least I hear the saying a lot, that we are all God's children. You know, I think there's a song about it. Nah, let me stop that. We are all God's creation. We've been created by God Almighty. Okay? But the moment we sit in Christ, the moment we have Christ in our hearts, we have become the children of God. And so I just emphasize that because in Christ we are children of God. He has given you a new identity in that, but it requires us to acknowledge Jesus, to proclaim Jesus, to live for Jesus. And here's the thing. When we do that, we literally are resting in him. You see, so many times uh, we encounter cases where, where, where people try to work their way. Work the way to look better before God. But here's the thing. At the cross, he gave it all. He gave it all already. So us trying to look better before God is just wearing us out because of what he did already. And I encourage you guys to sit in his presence, to, to, to just simply believe who Jesus is, the way, the truth, and the life. And he's identified as someone not like these other gods that are, 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 are so-called gods. They may be idolized like Jesus. They may, they may want to do you know, like Jesus, but none of them has been risen like Jesus. Now, there's benefits when it comes to the resurrection the moment you were in Jesus Christ, the only way. See, you were created in Christ. Christ was created to live in you. Okay? So in other words, when, you were, when God created you before the womb, when God created and thought of you and had you, he created you to have Christ in you, the spirit of God in you. That's how he created you. Now, when we come to this world and we don't have Christ, we don't proclaim Jesus, it's like we're out of our element. Okay, it's like Dunkin' Donuts not having donuts. Okay? It's like a gas station not having gas. What do we do? It's like Burger King not having burgers, right? It's like, well, then what am I here for? You see what I'm saying? You were created. You were created to be in your element, and that element is in Jesus Christ. So put the donuts back, put the burgers back, put the gas back. You were created to be in that element because that's how he wanted you to be. And that is full completion. You see, when man was created, I had mentioned earlier that, that we were, they were uh, created to fellowship. We were created to fellowship with God. So we become, when we're with Christ, we become like this fish. Now, I, a lot of you guys know me. I youth pastored for about six years, six and a half years uh, with the high schools. Man, I see a couple of my... Former students, things pretty cool. But here's the thing. I did this one illustration with goldfish. Lena, do you remember that goldfish illustration? I don't know if you're there or not. And so I grabbed the goldfish. I bought 10 goldfish, 10 goldfish from Meyer. Well, actually, I went to Petco. Man, this is going to be bad. Don't throw anything at me, okay? But I bought 10 goldfish, and I went to Petco, and they would not sell them to me. I wasn't telling them what I was going to do. I just, I just need 10 goldfish. Well, you need food, and you need this. No, I don't. I just need 10 goldfish. Just put them in the, put them in the, in the bin and give me them. Sir, I'm looking for the, you know, the goldfish, you know, their well-being. Well-being? What? Like, they're goldfish. 
sir, I'm not selling them to you. Okay, fine, I'll go to Meyer. So can I have 10 gold? Yeah, sure, here. There it is. I took these 10 goldfish, right? And I put them in a bowl, and I had a youth service that night. <laughs> and I grabbed this fish. I, I taught them on just our element and what, who we are created to be in. And I pulled the fish out, and I just heard <gasps> gasping everywhere. I had one fish in my hand, okay? And it was flopping. I said, what's happening right now? And they had said, <laughs> they had said put him back in the water. He can't breathe. That was yelling at me. I was called, you are cruel, Jesse. You're so cruel. Cruelty to animals, they were all. <laughs> so I put it back in the water. Like, so then I grabbed the net, and I grabbed all 10 fish, pulled them out. I said, what are you going to do about this? And they said, put them back. I said, okay, how about you put them back? <laughs> and I dumped them. <laughs> I dumped them, okay? The man, he, no, 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 check this out. The teenagers all got up out of their seats, grabbed the fish, and threw it back in the water. And saved them. And I said, what caused you to do that? And they said, they were out of the water. They couldn't breathe. Just, they were going to die. How many times do we sit in our worlds knowing the answer, knowing who we really are, knowing that we need to, these people need to be in their element, yet we sit back and let them flop? I'm just saying. I am so proud of these teenagers because they, they were mad, but they grabbed the fish and they threw it back in there. And, they, and, and when they put them in there, they put the fish back in the element and the fish lived. You have the answer. You know the risen king. You know exactly who he is and what he's doing in your life. Maybe life, uh, you know, isn't so easy, but he has overcome that and you know that. So there are people in our lives, in our worlds, at our workplaces, in our schools, or in our wherever, that, that are, are, are not breathing, they're out of their element, and yet we watch them flop. Are we going to be like those teenagers and grab them and, hey, let me share something with you. Let me, let me walk with you. Let me, let, let's create this relationship. Hey, let's have coffee together. Are we going to do something like that, or are we just going to watch them and flop? Because when we truly celebrate Easter, we do that every day. See, Easter is not just coming one day of the year and saying, yeah, praise Jesus, we have a risen king. It's also acting in and worshiping it out. Remember I was telling you guys earlier, when we're, there's different types of forms of worship. Okay, when you, when you communicate, when you walk, when you talk with someone, when you, when, you, when you just create that bond and share the gospel through your actions, through your examples, through your hands. I'm not saying perfection. I'm saying just be like Jesus. By knowing who he is, you are worshiping a risen king. And that is every single day. You see, we were created to be in Jesus. We were created like those fish to be in the water. And when we're in our element, man, it is so good. It is so sweet. The benefit that we have in the resurrection is that also that, that we're be, we are being reconciled. Or we have been reconciled back to the Father, back to God. There was a mission that God had for us because he loved us that much. A lot of times we claim well, we're just not worthy. Well, he sent a son to the cross. I think we're worth something. You are more than worthy. You are loved. You are loved by God. Not rejected. Not not trying to, you know, look this way, talk this way, act this way. No, 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 no. You see, because when you abide in God through Christ and Christ in you, you become like his nature. My son copies me on a lot of things. He'll, he'll, He'll act a certain way because it's habits that he picks up. Your children probably did the same thing or are doing the same thing, where they, they, they imitate you in a way that they're not trying. They just do it by nature because they are with you. They're in fellowship. They walk with you. 
When you are in Christ and you do that and you know his word and you abide in him and you encounter him and you build that, you start picking up the nature of God. And what's supposed to make you angry doesn't make you angry. What's supposed to make you frustrated doesn't make you frustrated. When you're supposed to grieve and say, I am out for the count, you don't. You get right back up. Because of the nature of God you have caught with your relationship with him. So the benefit of the resurrection is this, guys, is that we have been reconciled back to God. We have been restored. The feud with the family, like, have you ever had a, an argument with a family member and, you know, it doesn't go good for a little bit, but then you come together and it's like, ah, you know, why did we ever fight? You know, that whole deal. It just feels so good. How much more does our Heavenly Father feel when we are reconciled and we come back and we are reunited through his son, Jesus Christ? The benefits of the resurrection is is offered to everybody. And after the benefits, there's a calling in your life. The call to your freedom. Say, my freedom. No, that was weak. Say, my freedom. freedom. You are called back to your freedom. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says this. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Hey, the Bible said that. I didn't write it. I'm just reading (laughs) Well, here's the thing, though. I looked up that word, uh, brothers and sisters, and, you know, the other translations are just brothers. Some had brothers and sisters. But the Greek translation for brothers and sisters is, I don't want to butcher this, adelphos. That's the Greek word, adelphos for brothers and sisters, which literally means in the English, what it means is member of the family. Member of the family, a brotherhood of believers, that's what brothers and sisters mean. So when, when God calls us brothers and sisters, when the Apostle Paul uh, says, hey, you are brothers and sisters uh, in Christ Jesus, he's saying you are a member of this family. You are in the brotherhood of believers. There is someone you belong to. There is a family you belong to. And let me tell you guys, our vision here at Resurrection Life Church Holland is to show that to the world, to get, take the two eternal things in this entire world, people and the word of God, and bring them together. To let them know there is a family in Christ, in Christ alone. And not just, I'm talking about an immediate family, a mom, dad, you know, none of that. That's awesome. But I'm talking about an eternal aspect of a family. And when I encountered that for the very first time, man, let me tell you something. My world was turned upside down and messed up. It was awesome. God did this to the whole thing. He says, come follow me. You are now part of this family. And I love my immediate family. Don't get me wrong. I love all my families, all of them, getting together. I'm about to get together with uh, uh, two other you know, families today. I was with some, uh, one of them yesterday. We love being a part of that. But there's something bigger that God wants us to be a part of. And he wants you to grab all of them and say, come, bring them all. Bring them all. A member of the family. Freedom, guys. Freedom, what you're calling is your freedom, is belonging also to a family. So many times the enemy tries to count us out. He tries to say, well, you don't belong. You're not worth anything. Oh, God, God said this, and you totally fell short. That's right, you did fall short. But Christ didn't. Jesus did not. That's why he was given to you. Pastor Danny and I were talking a couple of months ago. We were talking about uh, Christianity. And just, just, you know, talking. And we were driving, and he had said to me, which was really good, he had said, Jesse, man, people come up to me and say, man, it is hard being a Christian. It is hard. And then I said, well, I can see that. And he said, no, 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 Jesse. He said, it is impossible being a Christian because that's why I sent my son. 
That's why I sent my Holy Spirit. So what was impossible becomes possible. Because the Bible tells us that you have been made right before God. In other words, that he sees no flaw in you. You have been made right before God because of his, Jesus, his obedience. So when we get in a mode of, man, I fell short, I just don't get it, my past is this, and I've gone through that, and I'm trying to stay away from this, and all when, when we are in that mode, we miss it. Because Christ says, okay, you may have lived that, but guess what? I have made you brand new. I made you brand new. See, my testimony, my testimony, your testimony of you encountering Christ for the very first time, or maybe you remember when you first uh, heard the good news, the testimony is so powerful. No one can come against it. For someone to say, your story was wrong, Jesse, they can't. It's my story. And every single one of you guys, I want you to understand that Christ, God Almighty, is writing a story in your life. And that story is to be read by everyone around you. To be read by everyone. And so when you were out, you remember, man, Christ did show up. Here's the thing. Jesus didn't just take our place of, of the sin and all that. He, he gave us his place. Not, it's not fair. That's love. That's love. We're not talking about fair. We're talking about love. And this is offered to every single one of you guys. So when we celebrate Easter Sunday, when we go out from these four doors, remember you could celebrate the risen king every day of your life. But it requires you to believe and want it. It requires you to say, yes, God, I will be identified 